Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Bay Area, it's time for Bay Area Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Bay Area Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Leah Davis Coaching, inspiring women of color to claim their wealth legacy. Today on Bay Area Business Radio, we have Peggy Lee, and she's with Peggy Lee Creations. Welcome, Peggy. Hi, Lee. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Peggy Lee Creations. How are you serving folks? I have a handmade jewelry business, and I've been doing it for almost 20 years. Uh, and it's been a labor of love in my, my small business baby. So uh, how'd you get involved in this kind of work? Uh, were you always drawn to this type of creativity as you were a young person? Uh, you know, my parents uh, came here from Taiwan and I was born here, uh, so, but they had, you know, expectations for me to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a scientist. So I actually went to school, UC Berkeley, for a science degree. Uh, but at the same time, I'd always been sort of craftsy on the side and, um, really had, you know, interest in doing a creative field, but didn't want to disappoint my parents. Uh, but at the end of the day, after I graduated from college, I moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in writing. And um, at the same time, I was making jewelry for myself. It was a hobby that I really enjoyed. Uh, and people in LA on the street would, would stop me and ask me where I got my jewelry. And eventually, it sort of clicked in my head. I'm like, huh, maybe maybe people like it. Maybe I can do something with this. Um, so at the time, I was like do, writing. I was, was, it was at the time, it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. <laughs> and I got to meet the costume designer for the show. And after I did that assignment, I was thinking to myself, hey, I'm making jewelry. Maybe maybe she would like to see it. Maybe she would like to use it on the show. And And I just dropped it in the mail and sent it off and forgot about it. And literally weeks later, I got a phone call and it was Cynthia Bergstrom, the costume designer for the show. And, and she said, Hey, Peggy, I hope you don't mind, but I gave your name to a reporter from USA Today and we're going to be using your jewelry on the next season of the show. They would, they would love to talk to you. And, and that is how the business was born. So when you get um, an opportunity like that, are you able to kind of scale up? fast enough? I, I would imagine that becomes a, a new problem. I mean, a different problem, but still a problem. <laughs> you know, at the time, I, I had never really thought of having a small business for myself. So it it stayed a side hustle for a very long time. I mean, this was over 20 years ago, and the internet was just becoming a new thing at the time. Um, and it was a time where it wasn't necessarily cool to have your products on television shows. But the way I sort of approached it was I loved working with creative people on TV and I was a fan of the show. So I reached out to fellow fans and found that way to sort of reach uh, customers. But at the time it was a side hustle and, you know, it, it's over time it's grown very organically and, you know, it's still a small business to this day. And um, any advice for other creative people that are pursuing it? Is, is this this way seems to have worked pretty well for you? Is that the method you recommend others to follow? You know, I think everybody's business journey is different, 
And it took a long time for me to sort of come to grips with the idea that it was a small business and that it was, you know, something that I'm doing on my own. Um, I think, you know, over the years, I've had different opportunities to grow or scale the business. Um, but it, it maybe wasn't for me at the time. And, and those were opportunities that didn't work out or I didn't pursue. But I think it's different for everyone. I think the most important thing is to try and become clear on your business goals, you know. Um, one, I think it's great to pursue your passions and things you're interested in. And, and in that process, to try and learn as much as you can about uh, your craft, as well as look for people to be your mentors, you know, look for other people do, doing things in the same sector that you admire and sort of see what they're trying to figure out what they're doing and, and see if those things fit what you want to do. Um, as well as then trying to set goals for yourself that are short-term goals as well as long-term goals, but also having shorter-term goals, you know, different steps along the way so you can stay motivated and uh, reach certain milestones and really feel like you continue to grow. Because I think I see a lot of people who are like, oh, I want to start this business and I want to be in every, you know, department store in the country. And while that's a great goal and super ambitious, I think to stay motivated and to keep learning, you know, you also have to have sort of those shorter term goals as well. Now, when you have a business that is um, kind of where creativity is at the heart of it, um, pricing is very subjective. And you could have picked a low number or a high number for pricing. It, it's kind of whatever suits you and you feel comfortable with. How did you develop your pricing strategy? And I, I know this is an area a lot of creative people struggle with because it is so subjective and there doesn't seem to be kind of a formula out there to, um, you know, kind of peg your pricing at other than whatever the market will bear. And then it's hard to know what the market will bear until you actually put a price on something and then you know if it'll bear it or not. <laughs> That's a really interesting question. I mean, I, I actually think there are a lot of formulas out there and, and a way to approach it is to sort of work backwards. You sort of know, what kind of numbers you want to bring in or what makes it worthwhile for you. Um, you also know your expenses and how much, you know, if you're making a physical product, you know how much you're spending on materials as well as how much time you're spending to create a certain product. So from that, you can sort of estimate, you know, what does it cost me to do something and then project like, okay, well, then what, what do I need to bring in for this particular piece that makes it worth the time and effort and investment that you're making in those products. So there, there's formulas out there to help you calculate that for a physical product. Um, but then, you t as you mentioned, there's this sort of what the market will bear. And I think that dovetails into sort of like what you see, what you want your business to be, um, who, who are the customers that you want to reach and sort of what aspects of your brand, you know, are resonating with what kind of audience. And so, for example, I, I don't do fine jewelry, which would be precious stones and precious metals. Um, and if I did, it might be a different clientele than, than who I currently have. And, and that would justify, you know, sort of higher prices. The materials are more expensive automatically. It means the prices are going to be more expensive. And then there's the creative intangibles where it's like, okay, what's my design style? Does it evoke a certain you know feeling uh, that, you can't find somewhere else. And so then maybe that would justify you 
you know, bumping up your, your prices a little bit, you know, cause maybe you're putting in some certain design touches or you work with your clients in a certain way that, uh, gives everybody, uh, you know, has those intangibles that you can add to your product and to your brand. Well, a product like yours that appears on television shows, I mean, for sure you can, you could charge whatever you want from that standpoint. I mean, <laughs> um, yes and no. I mean, I think you'd be surprised that a lot of people like, don't know how the sausage is made. And, and they, I, I've encountered fans of shows who are like, oh, I thought the actress went to Tiffany's and bought all her jewelry. And, and that's just not how it works, right? Um, that's a perception. And, but the reality is, is very different. And also, you know, you have fans of shows who n- nobody wants to feel like they have to spend thousands of dollars to get something that they, they want to, you know, emulate. Um, so it, it, it really depends. <laughs> right. Well, it, right. It, it depends on on what you as a brand, you, you know, how you want to position yourself. Sure. I mean, and some people are fine saying, hey, we want this to be accessible for everybody. And that's how we are. That's our mission. That's sure. our, our purpose. And there's others that say, look, um, this is a limited release. There's six of these. So if you want it, you're backing up the, you know, the money truck. If, if you want this, it's a, it's an exclusive piece for only a handful of people. And then they charge accordingly. That's certainly a way you can go about it. I think uh, specifically for people who see my jewelry pieces on TV, they're influenced a lot by uh, who's wearing it, the character that's wearing it. So, you know, if the character is a working class woman, they don't expect her to be wearing something that's in real life worth tens of thousands of dollars or for example, um, so there are certain expectations that come with, uh, when people see your, what context people first encounter your brand and your content and your product in. So, yeah. And, and you, you want to deliver, uh, value for the product. Like people know the difference between 14 karat gold and something and sterling silver. So what's been your favorite part of this journey? I mean, you've had so many big wins in this regard. Uh, it would be hard for a lot of people to pick one. I, I mean, getting a product on a television show would be a dream of a lot of people. Uh, you know, just selling one piece of jewelry would be a dream for other people as well. So in this whole journey, um, what has been your favorite part? I think the first time I saw my pieces on television and, and not only on TV, but on, you know, one of my favorite actresses on one of my favorite characters, that was a very surreal moment. I knew that something I'd created with my own two hands was certainly suddenly like poof, poof, you know, there in my television that, that never gets, old. that feeling never gets old. That's always amazing. Um, as well as, you know, working with people in such a creative field has been really very cool. Occasionally I'll get custom requests. You know, they have a character or situation. They want a particular piece. Um, So being able to uh, work that way has been really, really rewarding. And I think now, you know, now that I'm further along in my business, the ability to create designs and give back to the community has been very rewarding. Um, So like the past few years with the the pandemic and uh, all the things going on in the world, I've been able to create some lines of jewelry that I am donating a portion of the profits to different charities that, that I love, including world central kitchen, um, as well as the GoFundMe stop AAPI hate fund. So, you know, being able to 
tie my business and products back to causes that I love has been very rewarding as well. So now, um, how do you see the business kind of evolving, moving forward? What do you need more of and how can we help? <laughs> I mean, awareness is, is uh, especially that I have these fundraising pieces, is, is always a benefit. And, you know, the work, the work never ends um, to sort of stay relevant and, and have your business out there. You know, I will continue to work with different television shows and try and get my jewelry into the hands of costume designers because that's sort of how my business started and it's how I know to run it and grow it. Um, and as well as it's something that I really enjoy. So for me, it's about sort of staying, staying um, creative and working with creatives as well as reaching out to different fandoms, you know, as I, as I encounter them and letting them know about my product. Well, congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to learn more, uh, about your jewelry, what is the website? The website is peggylee.com and that's P-E-G-G-Y-L-I.com. Well, Peggy, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Lee, thank you so much. It's been a blast. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Bay Area Business Radio.